Hey, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Podcast Podcast. The podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. It's good. Now, right off the bat, yeah. tell me about your Oscar-watching <laughs> experience. Because Okay, Eric's husband, Alan, who yeah. you know now, everyone knows him, yeah, so I don't have to introduce him. a couple him. episodes ago. Um, he is more obsessed with the Oscars than anyone I yeah. know. So tell me, how did you watch it? Yeah, so for those listening, we recorded this a couple days after the Oscars aired. Um, he, I think he was overall very satisfied. It was an exciting um, night. It I was. I was happy. I um, Moonlight was my favorite of the Me year, too. which we'll talk about okay. Oscar movies yeah. later on in a clip. But um, it was your favorite also? Yes. Oh, I yes. just love it so much. Yeah. And I didn't think it was going to win and it won. I, I was oh, I so happy. I totally didn't. Were you like, because I have a friend that was like, I can't believe that they like lost their chance to hear their name called. Like, I know. But I was happy because I thought, well, first of all, this is just hilarious that of course this happened this way. But also, right. no one's ever going to forget telling. this. True. But I do think there's there's this thing of like, I don't know. I they know. should have had their moment and it was oh, a little yeah. overshadowed. And that's, that feels but bummery. the moment now is bigger. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's a good point. Know. That's a good point. It is a bigger moment. But I think hopefully what people remember from that bigger moment is the Moonlight win and not the like, Oh, the La La Land team like handled it so well. And thinking about what a great film Moonlight is and how well deserving it is. Yeah. So what we're talking about, if you didn't watch it, is um, the best picture is the biggest award of the night. It's always last. It's the biggest thing. Um, La La Land was the clear front runner. There was some talk of um, hidden figures maybe being in the mix and some talk of Moonlight maybe uh, pulling an upset. But um, they announced... Um, they announced La La Land, which they had the incorrect envelope. They had the envelope for the best actress. And so it said Emma Stone, La La Land. They must have asked Alexa. They were like, Alexa, who won? And she like missed She's like, there's no way anyone could know that. So anyway, they announced the wrong people. Two producers from, two out of three producers from La La Land did their speeches. Then they found out that Moonlight actually won. And then the third producer from La La Land went up and did his speech. Oh my God. Knowing... Knowing that he that they had lost, I didn't. He know did the speech that. anyway. Yeah, so I watched a breakdown of it. What was he thinking? Like maybe if I keep going. No, he just thought this is my only chance. I'm going to thank my family and friends. So if you watch the breakdown of it, it's really interesting. And I don't totally blame the guy. It's what it was a crazy situation. I don't see you have like one second to decide. Exactly, but no, he said no at first. So while the second guy is doing his speech, the producers of the show or stage managers or whatever come out with their headsets and show them the envelope. They're showing the producers the envelope and saying. They had the wrong envelope. It said Emma Stone, Moonlight won Best Picture. And so this third producer sees that. The second producer turns to him to say, like, go ahead, it's your turn to speak. He says no at first because he knows they lost and then decides anyway to go up and do the speech. Wow, that's kind of ballsy. I know. And then the first producer who spoke realizing it went and said no 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 oh it, moonlight won moonlight come on dj j maybe we should have watched it so, <gasps> also i listened to viola davis's speech oh, and everyone so good. well everyone loved it but she's literally the word these words came out of her mouth yeah artists are the only profession that celebrate what it means to live a life first of all grammatically incorrect second of all <laughs> artists are the only people that respect i mean well i think she was she so Alan pointed this out. I think she was specifically pointing to the fact that August Wilson, as a playwright, um, his whole work was like celebrating the life of a common man, and that's the thing that she really hung on to because I think she sees in Denzel Washington's character her father, and she's talked about that a little bit. But I want to focus on sound clips and make fun of her <laughs> and without any context. What you're not realizing is my undying loyalty to Viola Davis goes very. And what you're not realizing is my undying like dislike for acceptance speeches is making like I really can't shouldn't be talking about this because I just almost no there's kind of no such thing as a good acceptance speech right but everyone went nuts about that and I thought I don't know if that's fair out of context out of context which is how I like to read things but I also hear you on that Um, I also think 
the way in which she delivered it, just like so impassioned, is kind of part of what yeah. people got fired up no, about. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Because she's so she's. I mean, girl can deliver a yeah. speech. No, she can. Uh, I love her. Also, like overdue for her Oscar. Yeah, totally. She, I I agree with that. She should have. I'm not gonna it fight that. Help. Yeah. But Meryl Streep won for the Iron Lady. Is that what it's called? I'm surprised Alan Meryl Streep didn't here. win for Hidden yeah. Hidden Fences. <laughs> Meryl Streep was really good in Hidden Fences. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was overall really satisfied. I was really glad Herschel Ali won. Um, yeah, I mean, I loved the City of Stars that won for La La Land. Like, I really liked La La Land also, and I know it was getting a lot of flack this season, but I really liked it, and I thought it won in some, like, visual categories and music categories. That was good. I really want to see La La Land. I haven't yeah. seen it, because I was positive I would like it, because I like musicals, I like music, and, like, the story sounded good, and then I heard my favorite podcast, Baby Geniuses, Emily Heller and Lisa uh-huh. Hanawalt talking about it, and they made it sound so dumb. And like, uh-huh. I know it's just like whoever you're, they didn't like it, so <laughs> their report of it was not good. Yeah. And so I was thinking, man, if it's if they're right, this blue asshole. Now I can't wait to see it because I can't wait to see which camp I fall into. Ooh, I can't wait to hear. I feel like I'm gonna like it, but I don't know. I, the, the way they were talking about it is was was making me think it was reminding me of hamilton yeah like silly and getting too much credit well i guess here's why here's part of why i don't like that hamilton critique and why i don't like um some critiques of la la land is i think people um we've talked about this like it's easy to be um like sarcastic and snide and um like jaded and it's harder to be sort of like open to something that yeah might be a little cheesy but if you are open to it, you know, maybe it's like there's more to get from it. I, I totally believe in that. Yeah. yeah. And I need to work on that, actually. <laughs> like, no, you are better at that than anyone I I'm know. I'm pretty to critical be totally about honest. everything. But. No, you see, I feel like you see everything is magical and wonderful. I usually, I just either hate things or love things. Yeah. And I don't have an in, in between. You're so a if fiery, I, passionate so woman. I'm an Aries. <laughs> so if I hate something, it's like everyone's going to hear about it. Yeah. And if I love something and someone doesn't like it, they're wrong. Yes. Yeah, that's Well, that's my probably motto. usually true, except for when it's me. Yeah, that's true. When I can't when look. I though, if you guys could see how he's looking at me right now, it's terrifying. Oh, my God. And he's doing this thing with his lips. Oh, I don't even know what's going on. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, if I disagree with you, I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. It's just both. We're both right. Right. We're both right. I don't, I don't even we're know We're both right saying. about a lot of things. Like this podcast. Thank you. I have a few notes. Yeah. Um, first of all, third love update. Remember when I tried to get it, my free third love? Yeah. Okay. Never email me back, even though I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was like enter your email address yeah, since yeah. we're out of your size. Well, I don't know what they're doing over there, but I have a very normal sized breasts. Yeah. And just they, like a just run your the average Joe. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Joe's breasts. Yeah. That's what I call my breasts. <laughs> and th- I'm never going to get a third love bra. Um, I feel really disappointed about that. I do. I do too. But I, I am glad I know. One more note. Um, I still want you all to call the big listen and tell them that podcast podcast is your favorite podcast. <laughs> so you can call 202-885-POD1 or email biglisten at org. And please say you love the podcast podcast because that is my new goal to, to get on the big listen. You guys, help Lauren make her dreams come true. It's not that hard. I need you. One simple phone call. I happen to know my mother called. So <laughs> she's winning in my heart. So on your list of calls in the morning, call your mother, yes. call your senator. Then tell your senator to call. Call your congressman. Yes. <laughs> tell your senators and congressmen to call yeah. the big listen. And then call the big listen yourself. And you'll triple the number of I calls know. we get. I think about it. If you just take, I mean, how long is that going to take? Like four hours? I mean, I don't even know how long these things take. No, we're supposed to make it seem oh, like, like four easy. minutes. Yeah, four, four minutes. minutes. Four minutes. Phone calls are easy, and we all like doing them, and we prefer them over texting or email, and we like talking to humans. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Now I'm convinced. Um, good. Good updates. Those were some great little uh, show show updates. But now for the. Most exciting update of them all. You guys, last week, Lauren challenged me. She created this new To a push-up contest. Called, I mean. <laughs> push-up contest, and I lost. Um, she created a new segment called Podcast Challenge. She challenged me to listen to... Car Talk! 
Now, is that the theme song for it? <laughs> You'll find out oh, in shit. one moment because I'm about to play you no, in. No, you're yes, not. Yes, I swear to God. I love um, you. <laughs> so, Car Talk, I'm sure you guys have heard of it. It's like a, it's like an old radio show. Um, holy guacamole. Keep in mind, I cha- use it as my challenge. I know literally fucking nothing about it. So, everything you tell me is going to be new. Honestly, I used to think you liked me. Oh, I'm sorry. Until... You made me I listen. I appreciate you. To an entire 50 you minute. You listened to the whole thing. Episode. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Um, an entire episode You're of You're going to really talk. pay me back, aren't you? You'll you'll find out. Oh, At the end of this um, summation of Car Talk, I'm going to challenge Lauren um, to listen to a podcast. And then the, um, I just decided <laughs> that the segment well, was a one-time thing and we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be challenged. <laughs> okay, you guys, I, I do want to play you the actual intro to the podcast because it is very representative of what the show is. Swing your partner round and round. Eric and I were just square dancing that to that lovely <laughs> intro. Lauren's face was one of pure shock, zero delight. My face hurt, but then I saw that you were really uh, <laughs> shaking your head around. Because yeah, fi- it's finally someone has to know my pain. I'm sorry. Okay, here's some things I'm sorry I liked already. about it because okay. I want to be positive. <laughs> Click and clack, which are the names of the hosts click and clack are very knowledgeable about car and car problems that that's and the that's, that's a on the plus thing. list okay um a lot of it was over my head because i am not oh, very knowledgeable God. um they know more i think they know more about cars than i know about any any one thing that's maybe that's, anything that's combined admirable yeah so that's a good thing i liked um i guess i can see how this show was important like 15 years ago but now it's basically just like car google for people. Oh no. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, people just like calling with their problems. Someone like looked up the Wikipedia page for car. <laughs> right. And it had this number instead of any information. But it's like, wouldn't you just, if you had a car problem, would you just Google it? Yeah. Anyway, so I guess people want to talk to click and clack or whatever, but. Wow. Um, one guy. <laughs> How did you pick the episode, by the way? Oh, I did the latest. I figured okay. it was going to okay. be the best representation. Okay. Of, yeah. You don't have to do the same though with the challenge. You can, you can pick from. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one guy left accidentally left butter in his glove compartment and it melted into the heating system and messed <laughs> everything up. So I guess I this can't expect someone like that to like side, right? Google, figure, right. figure out his problems via Google. No, right. this wasn't. No, we're out of the plus. Oh, section. okay. We but the, I'm just saying that everything. sounds like a big plus. <laughs> I mean, it was I one of the more it. interesting Come problems. Come on. When that happens, what do you do? I don't know. Why is there butter in your glove compartment? Oh, my God. He said he was I going to brunch. But why? 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 Anyway, the answer was there's no problem. You're screwed. It's going to smell forever. A 14-year-old kid called in to ask how to better wash his parents' car. Because, like, that's one of his chores. And it leaves, like, marks or streaks or something. Oh. What a good kid. And their advice. I'm not kidding. Their advice was that when this 14-year-old marries a woman, he should make sure to do everything poorly so that then the woman stops asking him to do things. Oh, my God. (laughs) I hate. Or were they being? They weren't being serious. Yeah, 200%. (gasps) Click and clap. They were like, you're working too hard. They were like, let me let you in on a little secret. Listen, when you're wifed up, wow. you're going to want to do things really terribly. And then she will stop asking so you to do So click and clack aren't just like innocent little annoyances. No. They're like no. harmful little assholes. They're kind of idiots. Click yeah. I mean, they're not idiots about car stuff, but they are maybe idiots about giving 14 year old I don't. Well, advice. I officially will never listen to their advice now because yeah. of that. Like I discredit every yeah. like butter solving problem. I don't even believe no. you know what a carburetor is no. because you have such bad advice on this. Thing. Yeah. Oh so God. that was tough. I'm my overall sorry. takeaway is if you have a car problem that you need help with, Spare yourself and look online. Yeah, that that's or just like I would even say ask Alexa first. Yeah, like, I, she doesn't know anything. But that like, feels like the worst you, case scenario. Right. You're wrong. It's this car right. talks. The worst case. Oh scenario. my god. I, I Eric, hate to shit on another wait, podcast, Eric, but it was tough. Eric, I do feel bad. No, listen, don't feel bad because it's coming back to you. Okay. In the okay. form of Grammar Girl, quick and dirty tips for better writing. <laughs> you can't take it back. <laughs> This is going to be awesome. 
I listened to make sure it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. You would think it would be awesome, but I think you as a writer are that you're going to hate it. Because okay. you're a real writer. You're on. You're, okay. I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking sure, this up now. I'm sure the podcast is actually okay. I, n- no, I'm not. I'm not sure of that. But I am. I, Did I'm sure you it's fine. listen to it? I, I listened to a little bit of it. Okay. Um, Some of the episodes include, some of the episode titles include Reticent or Reluctant. Well, I won't be listening to that one. Uh, Pilgrim Names is one. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and Topic Sentences. Okay, no. Lauren. Do you still think this is exciting? I I th- I think the pilgrim one sounded No. You're wrong. Okay. No. Okay. I am Oh my gosh. The episodes are only 10 to 15 minutes. I'm a little more excited. I I th- Okay. Well, let's we'll revisit. See. Revisit. I mean, I love I, this new challenge. I ho- listen, I hope you love it. I didn't love it and I feel like it'll be a little dry and and slow for you but do we'll I have out. to listen to more than one episode since I made you listen to 50 minutes I honestly considered including that in the challenge but I think I'm gonna let you just listen to okay. one if you're inspired and maybe and I'll be like I love this shit and Let's it'll be your podcast yeah all right we'll find out um we should keep a going a, like a tally on our Facebook page of like all the podcasts we challenge ourselves and like what we grade them <laughs> yes that's a great idea yeah um I guess if I had to give an overall grade to Car Talk, I would give them a C minus. Okay. Because it's actually legit advice. Yeah. Not applicable to my life as someone who doesn't own a car. Right. Some of it was maybe like misogynistic. Yeah. But they were very knowledgeable, just like very annoying. Okay, you're giving them points. Okay. Yeah. Like it's not like it would be so, because there's so many podcasts that were just like, Two dumb white guys talking in their basements. Like yeah, these guys about, like, literally garbage. like know something. Yeah, okay. they they're providing a service and, okay. a, and a skill, but they're also like seem like kind of terrible. Okay, click and clack, C minus. <laughs> well, I, well I can't this. wait to hear next week. Um, Me too. About your thoughts on Grammar Girl, this quick and so dirty fun. tips for better writing. This is fun. I love it. Do we have a sponsor? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'd love to give you a word from our sponsor, Fresh Books. We all love books, but there's one thing I absolutely fucking hate about them. Sometimes they aren't fresh. Like, when I eat the pages, they're kind of stale and dry. And oh my god, have you ever had a used book? Hello, musty. I don't even want to think about the germs. Ugh. Thank goodness for fresh books. An entire line of books that are fresh and never crummy. Fresh books are juicy and just right. Oh, I'm getting hungry just <laughs> thinking about this. Perfect for the reader who wants to enliven more than just their sense of vision. After using fresh books, I can't go back to regular books, which is sort of a problem because so far, fresh books doesn't seem to offer that many books. I want to read according to their website. Maybe that will change. Their site says something about being perfect for small businesses, so maybe the books are just books about small businesses, something I am so not interested in. But I would start reading small business books if they were fresh. And fresh books are fresh. I mean, they must be, right? Why would they lie to us? Ridiculously easy to use, powerful images, organized in the cloud. What am I even reading? I don't get that last part. Whatever. Stop reading your dumb shitty books now and get yourself some fresh books. Visit freshbooks.com backslash podcast podcast and they'll send you a free refrigerated box. I am unsure if there is a book in that, a fresh book in there, but I bet there is. Is uh stop reading your dumb shitty books now and get yourself some fresh books like their tagline or is that you? Um, honestly, I did do some editing okay. to the copy they I mean, sent. I do you like think they'll that. be mad? It has a little like yeah, little yeah. tapping my toots to that. I just wanted to punch it up. Wow, you typically don't tap your toots till we get to jingle jangle. Well, this I can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just uh. so excited because I thought that I couldn't love books anymore, but. I mean, they're musty sometimes and now, shitty. Now you can have your the books you love with oh a better gosh, mouth feel. That's so exciting. Thank you, Fresh Books. Thanks, Fresh Books. Uh, should we go to our first clip? I thought you'd never ask. Um, this is from, oh my gosh, I feel like I talk about this podcast too much. It's so many white guys. So Phoebe good. Robinson. Um, hey, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> don't you just like your heart expand when you hear her talking? I, I don't love her talking. <clears throat> Um, can she narrate my life? I know. Or maybe she can do one of our advertisements <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure we, we can hire her. I'm positive. Um, She's available for hire. This is episode number 13. Phoebe puts Charlemagne the God in the hot seat. And um, just a little background in case you missed it. Alana Glazer of 
Broad City and Phoebe Robinson created this podcast because they thought there were too many white dudes making podcasts. And I know that this is true. We talk about this all the time, but most of the podcasts I listen to are hosted by people of color, women, and gay people. Do you think, what about you? What's your, yeah, I would say, well, you only listen to Click and Clack now. I only listen to Click and Clack. There there are a few just like random uh, white dudes. Yeah. Like Nerdist and um, You Made It Weird. Yeah. Yeah, Is what I'm thinking of. Um, so I know that I know that it's a thing, but I do have a pretty like I, I think there's there is a lot of diversity in podcasting. Yeah, so many yeah. Guys. But I'm still <laughs> glad that this podcast is here. And Phoebe has even said that the title is anchored people. Like they feel like she's being racist, which is so dumb. And like you know, like I can't. I know straight white guys get so mad about equality when Snow- they feel like they're the ones being singled out. Snowflakes. Um. Anyways, I thought it was an odd choice that Phoebe invited Charlemagne the God to be on her podcast. Did, did you know who Charlemagne the God was? Not before this, no. Because I really actually enjoy Charlemagne the God music, and he has a great episode on my favorite podcast, The Champs. But I, his podcast, The Brilliant Idiots, is so bad. It, I can't. I'm not even gonna. I'm usually trying to be pretty positive. I, I can't listen to it. He, he's so sexist. That I Ooh. think he must be joking, but then it's like not funny. So I'm like, this isn't even funny and it's just insulting. Um, so it seems like he'd be at odds with this podcast. And in fact, at the beginning, and again, listen to episode 13. He's like, isn't this two dope queens? And Phoebe's like, no, like this is a different podcast. And he's like, and she has to explain the whole thing to him. But so in, stupid. in this clip, Phoebe confronts Charlemagne the God about his sexist assholeness on Brilliant Idiots. I think it's interesting that you have two daughters because you do sometimes say things that are insensitive about women, whether it's about size or looks or that sort of thing. So has having two daughters made you rethink any of the things that you said or your kind of standpoint on Um, certain things? I mean, yeah. I think you constantly grow. You constantly evolve. Mm -hmm. I think I say insensitive things about people, period. You do. I will give you credit for that, I guess. But but definitely, (laughs) if I'm cognizant of who I'm speaking to, it's definitely women now more than anything. Like, I I, I don't say bite my tongue, but I think about— what I'm going to say, because I didn't realize women are so hurt. I'm going to be honest with you, especially black women. I had no idea that black women were so hurt and, like, so vulnerable. Only because in my life, mm-hmm. women have been the strongest people in my life, whether it was my mother, yeah. my grandmother. Like, I, I learned my work ethic from my older sister because she always had three and four jobs. Like, mm-hmm. I just knew strong women. But then I sit back and I think about, like, damn, like, when my father was doing my mom dirty, all those times she was sitting in her room playing Lauryn Hill X Factor over and over. I just yeah. thought she liked the song. And I'm like, damn, my mom <laughs> oh, likes Lauryn Hill. But yeah. as you get older, and I didn't even think about it until I was writing my book. I'm like, she was really going through it. She yeah. just never let us know she was going through it. Yeah, I think that a lot of times women of color in particular are just seen as this one-dimensional, like, pillar of strength mm-hmm. and that we don't feel things. And, like, have you ever talked to, you know, like, your mom about what went on with your dad doing Never, her dirt? No? But I think I might need to because the only perspective I got from it was my father. Yeah. And I remember confronting my father about cheating on my mom, and his wow. his answer was very man. It was very, when you get older, you'll understand. And that's all he said to you? That's all he laughed. He laughed and he goes, wow. when you get older, you understand. Okay, so I think she's being a little too nice. And, you know, she's like, I'm sorry, excuse me, Mr. Charlemagne, but don't you think you're a tad impolite to women? And, like, part of me wants to scream, like, Charlemagne, you dick, you fuck women, you need to show them some goddamn respect. Did you giggle? But I can see how it would be intimidating to confront him. She wants things to go well. He's a mean, aggressive man. And she's confronting him about his meanness and his aggression. And he could have exploded on her, but he's cordial. And he actually explained... He does a good job trying to explain himself. I disagree. I feel like his main um, argument was like, oh, I know strong women, so I assumed women wouldn't mind when I said horrible things about them. But it's like, no, no, no. A a woman taking offense to what you're saying does not mean they're not a strong woman. That's an amazing point. But I had just never heard this argument before that, like, I didn't think I was... I thought they could take it. I didn't think... Because, okay, so... I, I, um, sorry, I, I don't punch down. I, I don't shit on people who I pity or who I think I can't take that, that if they can't take it. And I make fun of people who I think can take it. And like, I, but is I don't that think what he's doing. I don't think punching down is 
is a reference to like who can handle the joke. I think punching down is um, is making fun of or disparaging someone who um, is like has less privilege than you or who's more disenfranchised yeah, and innately true. a woman yeah, like totally has less true. privilege than a man and in, in the sense of like societal and systematic privilege. Yeah. And so he just can't, it yeah. doesn't matter if no, he thinks a woman can take it. He's this. not allowed to, but I, do, I guess I just had never heard anyone say that before, yeah. I, which is weird. Say, Charlemagne, you are Cause the worst I thing like that ever happened you, to black you hear people talk about this all the time, you know, like he, he just had no clue that people would be offended by this. And it definitely doesn't sound like Phoebe is buying it. She's like the whole time she's like, yeah, yeah. But I, but I do agree with you that she was maybe too easy on him. It was great that she actually brought it up. Yeah. And, and, and that's why she had him on the podcast. Yeah. Like at first I was like, what? And then I was like, Oh, and she went about it in her nice Phoebe Midwestern way. Uh-huh. She's and from Cleveland, Ohio. One. Mm-hmm. And she also makes a good point about black women. And, you know, black women have it tough. Yeah. And it seems that they can only do wrong sometimes. And, I mean, they can't get dates on OkCupid, as we've talked about before, like yeah. Asian guys. And I think they they work extra hard to support each other. And I hope that that's something that Charlemagne took away from the conversation. I don't know if he was listening. But, like, I, I don't... He probably didn't. I mean, I wonder if anything changed for him i know and i i wonder if his show changed if his relationship with his daughters changed like i would love it if someone i'm not listening to this show again but like i would love it if someone could listen and say yeah he like talks about women differently i mean i'm like in la la land right now like that's not gonna happen yeah. but it i w- it would have been amazing if he walked away from this interview like realizing that he was hurting black women and that he had to stop adding to the pain yeah I, I, I don't I don't feel like listening to find out if he's going to change things, but someone let me know. Tweet me, love your podcast, if you listen and find out that there's a change. But he also later admits that he rubs his butt's, his wife's butt every night. So it seems like he has a soft side. It's kind of loving, right? Well, I do think that like, there definitely is this type of dude who is just like unaware and unexamined and like just kind of you know self-involved and not thoughtful and self-obsessed and just like it doesn't think about the ways in which they're shitty because they've seen other people other men be shitty in that way and so he needs people like phoebe to be like he by the way i'm uh, a black woman and i don't like that yeah Yeah. and like you have two daughters and like maybe you should start thinking not even if you have two you shouldn't have to have daughters to like know that you should respect women but it's good that, that he has fee- people like phoebe in his life to be like by the way you're being a dick yeah but um he does say it's just sexism is so confusing because he says <laughs> that's the new title of my memoir <laughs> sexism is confusing but he does say sexism is, is confusing because he says that his mother and his sister are strong like he had acknowledges that they're strong people but he just doesn't mind tearing them down right which, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't buy. I don't buy any of it. Like you're, you're. It sounds like your mother shouldn't have had to be as strong as she was because your dad was shitty. And like, why yeah. did, why does that always happen? Where like you know minority groups or people who are disenfranchised have to be the strongest ones. Yeah. Because if they complain, they're being victims, and if they fight back they can't win because they're oppressed you know what i mean it's just like it's just all shitty and then to be like oh well you can take it you're strong it's just such bullshit yeah and who's shitting on Charlemagne the god no one me i'm afraid (laughs) well yeah i mean that was phoebe's way of shitting on Charlemagne the god (laughs) i would love to hear what other people thought about that episode though people were like Charlemagne, you're full of bullshit yeah i mean part of me also i was thinking oh well i have to give Charlemagne the god credit for going on the show but he thought he was on two dope queens (laughs) so i take it back but i wonder if he consulted with anyone no like that was his genuine response okay all right well interesting i don't know yeah i have a deep i i do have a deeper understanding of him from that comment 
So, anyways, I'd love to hear it. Tweet it. Tweet at us at Love Your Podcast if you think if you're into Charlemagne the God. Yeah. If you're, if, you, if first of all, if you liked him before, if this changed your mind about him, and if you think that he's going to change how he does his own podcast. Yeah. I mean, I know that I'm going to change and start being more sexist on my podcast. <laughs> Same. Right. I would love to, for our podcast. You know pro- what? Podcast to be so sexist. Like, if you have car problems, just like get married. Just get married and then make your wife do all the chores. Right. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Thank okay. you for listening. Uh, I mean, I think the takeaway really is is what you said about him rubbing his wife's butt. I think that's yeah. what, what we should take Aww. away. Can I get a ha? <laughs> Can I get a ha? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> should we head to the next clip? Let's do it. Uh, okay, so this clip comes to us by suggestion from Abby K. Thanks, Thank you, Abby. Abby K. Um, she loves the podcast How to Do Everything, and now. I do too. Oh my god! I already know how to do everything. It's so funny. I it's gonna be like a review for me because yeah, (laughs) you like you kind of have everything nailed and like you know all the things. Alexis needs this. Uh, she does. Um, Okay, so for those of us who aren't Lauren, um, it's a really fun guide for life. Like the episodes come from listener questions, questions like how do I break up with my hairstylist. Or how do I not sound stupid while I'm ordering wine? Stuff like stuff that <laughs> we all kind of want to know how to do. Um, so the hosts, Mike Danforth and, and Ian Chilag uh, of NPR, like dig around and find the answer and then share it with us. Um, so this episode is entitled Bears, Tigers, Leeches, and Spicy Foods. And I thought that said bears, tigers, lesbians, <laughs> and spicy food. And I was like, this is interesting that's the new title of my memoir (gasps) (laughs) bears tigers lesbians and spicy foods um so the clip that i pulled was spike focusing on spicy food and how to successfully eat it because i'm sitting with two people who love spicy food love lauren love love um so in the clip, we hear from Tony, who is the owner of Lao Szechuan in Chinatown, Chicago, which is known for their outrageously spicy dishes. So here are his tips, the owner, Tony, uh, to eating some of the restaurant's spiciest meals. So Tony's uh, sort of first step is um, you, you need to eat something else first. Something maybe a little bland. Yeah, just get something in your belly to kind of protect it from the, the more fiery... Yeah, to- Foods to come to coat your stomach. Yeah, he suggests bread or vegetables. Sweating and uh, face are red and uh, keep drinking water. Wow, 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 and eating nonstop eating all the time. But uh, whenever I see that, I worry. I go to them. Is everything okay? How do you feel? I say, I'm good. I'm good. I just feel good. They feel you know released. You know you feel released. There's some some boys just say, keep a beer coming. Keep a beer coming. <laughs> some people say water. It's very interesting. So there are some techniques that will probably cool your food, but uh, that doesn't mean you should do them. My friends tell me, for example, when I met him 19 years ago, when we see it together, he cannot handle any spices. And everything he cannot handle. But sometimes we do hot pot, we eat the spices. He loves to eat. He will do like this. Take the food, <clears throat> the water, clean. Clean, wash it first. Now he can handle more spices than I do. So he takes the food, the water wash, wash first. And a little spice, the clean, clean first. After that, it goes to the mouse. So, so what he's saying there, if it's not clear, is his friend would, uh, like, you know, take a bite of the spicy chicken in his chopsticks and uh, hold, hold it in the chopsticks. And before it got to his mouth, he would dip it in his water to, to wipe off the spicy. Yeah, his, it was his way of coping with the spice. Which I think, like, just makes your food kind of bland and makes your water really gross. So many thoughts about this. First of all, I love Tony. He's so good, right? I'm obsessed with him. I, I just feel like that last method is basically you're just like rinsing off the hot sauce, like dipping in water. Yeah. <laughs> Why also, is that? I mean, this whole time it's like, yeah, eat something, some bread before if you're a pussy. Like, why are you even eating spicy food? Like, I enjoy spicy food. I don't want to, like, not make it spicy. I, if I didn't want my food to be spicy, I would eat something not spicy. It's a good point. But I feel like for some folks who like the heat less and want the spicy flavor, maybe these are tips. I don't really know. Or if you accidentally eat something spicy, these are okay. tips for afterwards. Or if you're on a sweat diet. Is that a thing? I, I think so. Let's ask them. Sweat I'm gonna diet. Ask Whatever it is, I'm on it now. Okay. If if there was such a thing, I would be so thin because I sweat a lot. I've heard of it. I've, <laughs> is that a complimentary I've, sentence? 
Um, <laughs> okay. They, oh my he, God. And I love how, sorry, I'm interrupting. No. I love how Tony is like, you can handle any spices. I love it. I'm totally adapting that. Dish that dish is pretty spicy. Um, he, he also talked so about cute. like, <laughs> he talked about getting a beer and that's because apparently capsaicin, which is like the hot quality and spicy things, whatever, um, is not water soluble, which is why water doesn't help. So instead they say milk or even alcohol would be more helpful in breaking down that capsaicin. I admit, and beer does help and yeah. cause it feels like food. Yeah. Wine doesn't help. I don't think. Oh, I don't, interesting. I don't alcohol, but I feel like wine is like maybe too sharp. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. Well, and about. I would also think like liquor wouldn't help. Yeah. It's like you're setting your stomach on fire. Right. Yeah. Maybe cause it's so acidic. For wine and liquor? Yeah, I think yeah. it's too much. Uh, well, and that's why milk works, because it's a base. And it does a body good. And it does a it's body like, it good. It does a body good no matter what. So true. Yeah. I know. I think I know the answer to this, but what's your favorite spicy uh, hot sauce? Oh, my gosh. I Well, I mean, Tabasco is great, but yeah. I mean... That's sort of like an go- everyday like, sauce. I have a ginormous crate of Tabasco in my house at all times. But we actually had a party for our friend... Tom, Thomas Tomo <laughs> like, for his really debated whether to call I was him Thomas like, or Tomo yeah. who, who does who is Eric familiar with <laughs> but um there's this show called it's a web series called the hot ones Ooh. and it's this comedian who sits down with comedians and they eat hot sauce <gasps> it gets hotter and hotter and hotter what? and they just try to have a conversation while they're eating the hot sauce and it's no. real good no Jay Farrow one is the best if you're gonna go Ooh, explore I love Jay Farrow um, it's really funny because, and the, the Rachel Ray, like could eat like anything. <gasps> like, I love some, Rachel Ray. Like it's, it's really, it's really, um, amusing. So for Tomo's birthday party, uh-huh. we all like, we had like 20 people over here and everyone brought their own hot sauce and That's then like something to idea. dip. And so we tasted a bunch of stuff and like there was some real, there was one called like pain, like it was called pain. And I didn't, uh, listen, I don't ever think anything spicy. I didn't even like it. It just. It, it, hurt, it hurt my mouth. I didn't yeah, taste anything. My very favorite is El Yucateco. <laughs> have you ever had it? You, Butt Brains has. El Yucateco. Yes. They have a bunch of different kinds, but the best one is the Black Label Hot Sauce. Ooh. Go out and buy it. It's not that spicy. It's so tasty. Okay. And it's, I mean, all of those. Those are hot. They're real. You have to be careful. They're very hot. It's not like Tabasco where you can put it in everything and like yeah. douse everything. But no, but for the, by the way, I can't douse anything in Tabasco. That's too hot for me. I can. But <laughs> not with the El Yucatano. And they have like chili habanero and yeah. like I, they have a bunch of good ones, but the black label is the one that I bet people overlook and they should explore. Well, I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. My tried and true is Frank's Do you Red want some Hot right sauce. now? I can go get some for you right now. Oh, you have it in this in this room? Yeah. I mean, in this... Do you want to try it? Yeah, let's you try do? it on yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's on. try it on air. You talk about Red's Hot Sauce, I'll go get it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, t- we'll take a pause. Um, okay, I'm going to taste test Lauren's recommendation, which again is um, El Yucateco Hot Sauce Black Label Reserve. And it's black chili habanero the actual like bottle the the like label is black but then the actual sauce is black okay i'm just gonna get like a little on my finger yeah oh there's no like it's just let's see if let's see if i can actually get it on my finger without spilling i feel like we're doing drugs okay oh it is definitely spicy oh mm. it is that's spicy. really good but I love the flavor. It's smoky. Mm. It's very smoky. It almost tastes like um like green chilies. Yeah. I think I think What is a habanero? Is that green? I think so. I don't know. So it's not like it's not like burning, it's just tingly and warm. It's flavorful it's though, a, right? It's really flavorful. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um it tastes like you taste the chili for sure. Oh. I'm into it. Okay, good. I will say I took a, t- a tiny dab and like it is spicy. You think it's for spicy? Me. Yeah. Okay. Well. But like I said, I drink. I eat drink, mind you. I eat uh, Frank's, which is. I like not uh, Frank's spicy. is good though. Frank's is good. Yeah, but it's not hot. No, it's very. It's tasty. Because mm. it's a little. It's sweet. It's good on pizza. That's why I like it is for the flavor. Yeah. It's good on pizza. It's good on anything. Truly anything. Um. That was so fun. Yeah. We should do a whole episode where we just taste test a bunch of hot oh sauces. Oh my gosh. You we'll have like a, the hot ones. You have enough in your house. Yeah, we sure do. We have, pro- well, now after that party, we have like 40 bottles. A million. 
Ugh, so fun. And actually, the Hot Ones has a hot sauce that's really good. They have their own brand. Oh, that's called funny. Hot Ones. It's good. That's really funny. You guys, you guys should develop a hot sauce. We've thought about it. We thought about making some for our wedding. It's in the. It's in idea. like the idea bank. Yeah, we have a bunch of self-obsessed ideas doing. <laughs> this was one of them, and it's not going well. So this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this should be maybe in the idea trash bank. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am um, drinking milk and beer. Yeah. Do you want to take bread. us to our next clip? Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of the podcast Don't Ever Change? Um, it The host is uh, John Roy. He's a comedian. And it's a podcast that invites comedians to discuss what they were like in high school. I love this I premise. I love this. Yeah, it's so fun. It's, it, ki- it's kind of what um, uh, Janet Varney does with... Um, uh, what's her oh, podcast yeah. called? Varsity something. I don't know. J- the JV Club. I know what you're Thank talking you. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. um, she kind of runs down like your high school yeah. life. Yeah. And it, there's so many... There, there's so many great um, guests and I bet you could look up the list and find a comedian you want to get to know better. And it's a great way to get to know people better. And um, I chose clip uh, with Rhea Butcher, who I love. It's episode 77. I really fucking love her. I mean, she's dope and hilarious and smart and outspoken and hot, but she also grew up where we grew up. It's true. In Akron, Ohio. Phoebe Robinson also. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And... In this clip, okay, so, oh, and she talks about growing up near LeBron in this clip, and that hits home for us, right, DJ Jaywoo? Hey, boo-boos. Yeah, like, LeBron played against our high school. Like, we went to the game, and he looked like a 40-year-old man playing against eight-year-olds. It was like, he dropped 50 on us. It was like a bunch of children. Yeah. And then this like tall, tall man. I'm so proud of LeBron. I really love LeBron. Oh, that's so nice. But in this clip, Rhea's talking about how in order to empower girls, they should grow up alongside boys in every way because we learn that we are unequal and that feeling of difference is not biological. Like, I think we get separated right away. Uh-huh. I mean, we we get a gender at birth, and that's not even correct. You know, like, all of this stuff, it's mm-hmm. all made up. Like, okay. all of it is made up. So it's just very confusing for girls and boys. And I think if we just let girls and boys be together for a lot longer and treat them a little bit more similar, then we probably wouldn't have as much of a divide between so the two. So if somebody made you, like, the Lord High General of Education over the entire world, yeah. what would be one thing you would do to try to knock that uh, amount of distrust among genders at a young age down? If okay, One or two, or two whatever you think sure. of, or, or, or anything. Like, if you well, somehow were able to SimCity the world <laughs> yeah. to make it different, what, what do you think might help? I One thing that I honestly think would help a lot is for uh, sports to not be segregated by gender. Okay. I know that it would, all of this stuff, the thing is, like, nothing is going to change it overnight. You know, right. it, it it would have to be like a five point plan of so many different things uh-huh. of like, because I, I would because you can't just tell all teachers like treat kids the same because they're humans and they can't mm-hmm. change it. So I feel like uh, girls getting education by themselves is a very valuable thing in this fight because it creates women that value their education and aren't distracted by other things and value themselves as smart people and they can learn science and math and not feel like oh i shouldn't know this because i don't Mm -hmm. want to emasculate these men by being smarter than them you know Mm -hmm. like i think that's valuable but i also think having kids play together and be on a team together is insanely valuable like the movie mad max fury road is exactly that Uh where like at one point in that movie Mad Max realizes like working with this woman is actually a better choice than going it alone. And that like you can just work together as a man and a woman. Like you can do that. You can just agree to do that. And I think that sports is a great place for kids to learn those things. Okay. Like I love what she says here. I, but I am torn cuz I'm a, and I am a feminist whatever that means, but I don't believe in 100% totally equality. Like I loved Catelyn Moran's How to Be a Woman. Did you read it? I, I got J- DJ Jaywoo to read it, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, we might have to cut this out. I made you a little deal that I would do something 
for you. <laughs> a, a back rub? If you read it. I yeah, forgot. A ba- we, I would hold your hand. I actually <laughs> forgot about that. Forgot if about you that. would read it. But I made him read it in public and like carry it around so that it, <laughs> people could see a man reading this book. Yeah. And um, I think the reason is, we can cut this out too, but like I came home and I was like, we were talking about something and I was like, well, you're a feminist, right, Justin? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, what? I was like, we have to talk. Because I was like, you are a feminist. Yeah. Like, like, you know how he feels yeah, about things. Yeah, I think and, you're one. Yeah. I'm calling you one. But that word is weird and scary. Anyway, How to Be a Woman, it, it's great. And everyone should everyone should read it. But she really simplifies feminism. She says that women should ask themselves before worrying about anything else, does a man have to worry about this? And if the answer is no, then they shouldn't worry about it either. So, like, does a man have to worry about wearing high, uncomfortable shoes to work? No. So then I shouldn't have to either. But I am not a man. And as a woman, I have different needs and proclivities and I like high uncomfortable shoes and so it's very confusing sexism is confusing it's confusing i think i think equality doesn't mean that um everyone has to be treated the exact same i think for me it means equal opportunity right but you know i, I mean? think that's kind of how she boils down feminism yeah like and that's kind of like what i think Rhea's saying like everything should be exactly equal like yeah more than i think is true yeah i mean i don't do you think boys and girls should be playing sports together all the time i don't know well i don't know about all the time but i think she is saying like from the get-go you're in like first grade and like boys are playing sports in gym and girls are playing sports in gym like why wouldn't they be playing together or how about the days where like girls had to go to like like sewing class and or like I remember in gym class getting separated, like we played different games all together. Exactly. Doesn't it's it, I, very confusing. You know, I think when you get into like a varsity sport, I think it 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 might make sense for teams to be, you know, d- different. I don't know. I, I don't know that much about it, but I think what she's saying is like, why from the jump? Like why right. in fourth, fifth grade can't women and men young women and men play sports together in the gym and maybe Charlemagne would have a different view on women if he had been working alongside them more often in school and not have been immediately sort right, of like exactly. separated and but I think this is the kind of thing that's going to take a really long time because like obviously because a long time ago we weren't like allowing boys to think I want to I don't want to play a sport right. like we didn't have there weren't gay kids in fifth grade. You know, fifth right. graders are coming out now. Yeah. Like there's transgender fifth graders. Like yep. even younger so too. We, we're allowing for this murky area. So a long time ago, you didn't like girls like you know, you play sports if you're a boy and you didn't if you if you were a girl. So yeah. it was it was a lot easier back then. Those were the good old days. <laughs> but sports does seem especially tricky. Like I don't want to have to race boys. Like I when I'm in running races and there's men I, I look at them and I say, you can pass me. You're in a different league. Like, I'm not competing against you. But when I see a woman, I'm like, you are my competition and you are going down. And, and But it might take an easy way out. Should I be competing with everyone? No, I think it's about choice. I mean, I think that it's about giving you the choice to decide whether to compete with women or men or both. And maybe about giving another young woman a, the choice to compete with men if that's what she chooses to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, but maybe things would have been different if like... A hundred years ago, we would have been well, playing sports point. together, and, and it would have been normal. Think twice for me. About Maybe I would be faster if I had been racing boys when mm. I was little. That's mm. that's really interesting. I also like what she says about like sex and gender. Like gender and sex are not the same thing. Like, yeah, people talk about oh, I'm having a boy, and no, you're having a male. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh-huh. I think that until we can understand that gender is a biological is is not a biological thing it's a social construct yeah i i think we'll have a harder time seeing how like the genders aren't innately different yeah because we made it up and i i love how she says we made it up it's like space and time yeah it's like no exactly it's something for us to help understand the world we live in it's something to help us discriminate discriminate against others right just like race there's kind of no such thing as race yeah it's it's a social construct so i think it's important for um us to think about that and i think with you know transgender people being in the spotlight and and transgender rights being a big thing right now more trans visibility i think people are being faced with that idea that um 
that your body doesn't identify your gender. Yeah, and it will take time for us to yeah. understand this. Yeah, hopefully not. Well, it'll take time and also uh, take time to to alter those expectations per gender. Right? Yeah. Like, why is that? I mean, that's the reason why, you know, boys are often, especially in sports, are much more... Um, Sexy? No. They, <laughs> sure. Uh no, they they get praised for aggression and yeah. and and like those kind of attributes that uh, promote the, like yeah kind of promote that and and you know women often when they're well when they're girls are women when they're girls yeah um, <laughs> no, no sorry that does mean no that. but like uh, no just just that, like not there's still that I've, maybe it's changing I don't know I don't have kids so. But maybe it feels like don't let Monty hear you say there's that. certainly uh, there's certainly like that expectation as like a little girl to be more protective of that little girl and to be more delicate and I think that feeds into those expectations. But things right? are even changing with football today. Like you know, well, just pa- less kids are playing football too. Parents aren't letting their kids play football, and this sport that was once like you were rewarded for basically football players are killing machines. Like you get on the field, you like if you're in the NFL, your job is to like basically try to kill everyone, and that was rewarded. And it's not, it's not like that anymore. So it'll be interesting to see how. I'm fascinated to see how football changes because I almost think it'll end up being like boxing. Like it'll be like people people that need a way out without you know like poor people that need a way out will become football players, and then rich people that don't need a way out won't do it because it's fucking dangerous. Mm. It'll be so interesting to see. That's interesting to see how the socioeconomic plays into it i also think to to your point justin about like being so engendered from the start and like uh sort of nurturing and and um uh, encouraging certain qualities even Mm -hmm. in in young boys versus young girls um i think there is a lot of that and i also think the reason that i think feminism is so much about opportunity and not like not like telling people to act a certain way because I think some people have this idea that a feminist woman can't be super girly and love the Kardashians and wear high heels. And I think that's bullshit because it's about choice. My niece who is going to be two years old. um, If you give her a crayon, she'll rock it like a baby. Like she just has, no one taught Mm -hmm. her that she has this like gorgeous, like wonderful motherly nurturing instinct about her that, a lot of other young girls have too, but it's about the choice. Young girls shouldn't have to be that way. Right. It's about the choice. You but know? how our society is set up right now, if you're a boy, you have to play football and you can't play football if you're a girl. And if you're a girl, your only option is to cheer on the sidelines and be like, go boys, let right. me get you water. Like right. you're doing a great job. Like, And then to what we were talking about earlier, what if both boys and girls in fifth grade, sixth grade, etc., played football together? Would more girls want to play football in high school with their guy friends? Maybe, you know? Yeah. Should we move on to Jingle Jangle? Yes, let's do it. So um, this clip is why I love this segment because I don't think I I would have discovered this podcast had I not been looking for like a musical snippet. So I'm so excited. Um, The podcast is called Song Exploder and it features musicians that deconstruct a single song like a pop-up do you remember pop-up video yes it's like that but for audio files um not audio files like people who love audio but like audio files like music um it's so fascinating to hear from start to finish like why the artist created the song what the sounds mean how it was recorded they just tell the whole story behind it it's really really fascinating and good Past guests have included Solange, Bjork, which I haven't listened to that one, but I imagine it's very interesting. Um, and the theme song for BoJack Horseman, which I love, Netflix TV I show. haven't listened to that. I should. Lo- that sounds amazing. Wouldn't that be so good? Yeah. Um, the episode that I fell in love with featured recent Academy Award winner Justin Hurwitz. Um, he just won an Oscar, y'all, for La La Land. So he he wrote, uh, composed all the music for La La Land. Um he and jo- and Damien Chazelle created Whiplash and La La Land together, and La La Land just won like six Academy Awards, but not Best Picture, as we've discussed. Go Moonlight. Um, the songs of the film are pretty gorgeous, so if you haven't seen it, at least go listen to the soundtrack. Um, in this clip, Justin is breaking down a song that Emma Stone's character sings during an audition in the movie, uh, which is called Audition, The Fools Who Dream. 
Here it is. I did a little over 1,900 piano demos on this movie. These are just piano demos. This is just to find the melodies and the themes. This was the last song I composed. Damien wanted me to tackle this last. We wanted to kind of understand what the rest of the music was in the movie before we tackled it. It's a really emotional scene, and it's a really pivotal scene narratively. Based on the script and just conversations I'd been having with Damien, I think I knew emotionally what this scene had to be because it's in some ways an optimistic song. It's about never giving up and it's about having these dreams that you believe in and that you chase forever. But that's also that idea just has some sadness in it as well because it's about never giving up, which means you're not there yet, which means life might be difficult at the moment. So it had to be somewhat optimistic, but it also had to be kind of melancholy. And I knew that it had to ultimately have this sort of bittersweet tone to it. It really is such a pretty song. Yeah. Have you ever heard it? No. This I, is the most I've. I'll, yeah, but you could yeah you could hear the kind of underscoring. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll play it for you after this. But it's it's the whole thing. It's really gorgeous. Will you go outside my apartment and put it on a boombox and put the boombox on her shoulder and sing it to me? Yeah. Yeah, I will. Go to bed. That song. Which again is called "Audition: The Fools Who Dream" was Alan's favorite song of the movie. Of the movie, even though "City of Stars" was the one that won the Academy Award. Just a little fun fact about my life. <laughs> What's the, is there a difference between pop music and musical music? Like musical theater? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. What is the difference? Um, like just desc- like describe the differences. Yeah. Well, I guess pop music would mostly be qualified by like. Um, Sick beats. No, like how success, how how like how how much it's listened to. So musical music could be pop music. Yeah, oh, I think so. Okay. Like I would say maybe. Like Hamilton is probably Hamilton good probably qualifies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Hamilton's interesting too because musical theater again, even though it's identified by being a part of a a musical, um, it definitely has a style. It's kind of like. Um, broad and more melodic the lyrics are more storytelling i loved it when i told you i didn't want to see matilda and you were like yeah they scream what do you what do you call it like scream yell or like scream oh, they sing belt skrelt you said like scream song sing or something like that where they're like <sighs> i won't grow up you know what i mean I yeah because you were talking about how you don't like kids in musicals yeah, right? yeah, and yeah, yeah yeah i was saying the kids in that show were like my mommy says yeah. i'm a miracle and it's also like so british that show it's like mm. more british than you can imagine um it's, that's a really good show though <laughs> anyway this song from la la land was apparently um recorded for the movie like sung live and a live accompanist whereas the other music was like pre-recorded which i thought was really interesting ah. i know um should we do our segment segment yeah i'm so excited oh my god i'm super excited about the segment segment you go first okay i want to be quick because i want to get to djj woos if i'm honest um so my segment segment is i went and saw a production of carolina change um this past weekend and it's a really good musical by Janine Tesori and Tony Kushner. Janine Tesori, of course, is the composer of Fun Home, Violet, Shrek the Musical, other things. Didn't Tony Kushner go to our high school? Everyone did. So Tony Kushner of, went to reserve. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of Tony Kreitzer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, keep on going. There's so, no way that guy did anything worthwhile. <laughs> Hope you're not listening, Tony Kreitzer. Awkward. <laughs> Tony Kushner, on the other hand, is um, the prolific poet and writer of Angels in America. Um, he is he is just an incredible writer. So anyway, they came together, wrote this musical called Carolina Change about this black woman who is a maid in 1963 in Louisiana. It is incredible. It's just such a good show. I had seen it before, but I had not seen a professional production. And it just reminded me how good that show is. So you should all go on to Spotify, look up Caroline or Change. You can hear Tanya Pinkins starring as Caroline in the original Broadway company. I'm going to play a really quick snippet because it's so good. Here it is. So true. 
Like, oh, because we don't usually have the same opinion on musicals, <gasps> and I this sounds like totally sweet ass. It's like awesome. I want to go. Let's okay. go. Like, how sweet, cool was that? Like, yeah, that was really, what was even happening. I, I you think it has to stop, but then it like just got stronger. Like, you're like, this is gonna. How can she keep on doing this? I think it's so incredible. So look on Spotify for Caroline or Change. The music is incredible. And see a production if it's anywhere near you. Okay, Lauren, what's your segment segment? Oh, my God. Mine is like really nerdy. Like, When is it not? You're I mean, a nerd. Last week it was so cool. It was about penises last <laughs> week. This one, okay, vapor water bottles. Uh-huh. Okay? It's really stupid. Yeah, looks like they're, a bag. They, they're like bags. Yeah. It's like you can roll them up. I have like yeah. a million, like yeah. everywhere. They're like pouring out of my closet because they're so easy and light. That's the thing. They're light. They're not heavy. They're, yeah. You put, can I, I hold it? Yeah. I put it in my pocket. Oh, it is light. It and feels it, like it's just the weight of the water. Well, when, they're, when they're empty, you just fold you roll it. You can, you can it up. roll it up. Yeah. And, and then it's just like. And like, I, I literally have them like everywhere so that like no matter what. I am convinced water tastes better in them. Ooh, I don't know. Interesting. I, I mean, that could be. It doesn't There's taste no plasticky because like the, the material nope. is like plasticky. I know, but it tastes. I I, I think it's just because I'm so happy. Yeah. Like everything would taste better. And I love it. they sell them like tiny ones for kids. They have an after hours line for wine. They have <laughs> a filtration system. Um, oh my gosh. I'm just like, I super want that into wine these. one. Well, wait a second. Hang on. I got you one. Oh my God, you really did. I want you to have a matching I one for me. This. It's just like mine. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. And I like the black ones the best. Like, anyways, I think you're going to like it. You have to let me know. Report back next week. You guys, Lauren actually just got me this vapor water bottle. It's sweet. not a bottle, vapor water bag. What, what do you call it? A bit water bag? <laughs> yeah, a water bag. That sounds like a urine bag. Glossed Can we not me call bag. it that? It's totally colostomy bag. I, I'm going to call Wait, it a I'm gonna, colostomy while, bag. While DJ J. Wu's going, From I'm going to roll it up for you. DJ J. Wu, take it away. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Lauren. I'm so excited. Roll that shit up. Roll it up. Uh, I'm I'm so excited for yours. My segment segment is uh, this wonderful movie that uh, came out last weekend called Get Out. Yes. And um, I actually don't know how to pronounce uh, the lead actor's last name. Is it Kaluuya? Oh, I'm not trying it. Anyways. Yeah. He's he's wonderful. He was in one of the better episodes of Black Mirror. Um, But anyways, this movie is amazing. It is... Uh, written written and directed right by Jordan Peele. Yeah, I think so. And uh, and of Key and Peele, he, he's he's hilarious. Um, he's hilarious, which is why it's confusing that his um debut film de- is this like terrifying. Technically, it wasn't the debut though. Oh, yeah. remember that him? Oh, and that cat one. They did Keanu. Yeah, Get Out is a uh, racially tense satire slash horror movie. Um, that basically is about a mixed race couple. Uh, the the guy is black, the girl is white. Going to the girl's parents' place for the weekend, and uh, shit goes down, gets a little crazy, and you should go see it because I don't want to ruin anything. I would say more than a little crazy. Crazy and very gratifying. That's a great segment. Segment. I can't. I can't wait to compare notes. I'm hoping to see it this week or this weekend. Got to do it soon. Al- Alan thinks it looks too scary. No, that's what that's yeah. what I was saying. Though people are like, I don't like horror movies. It's like it. It's not. It's scary I, in the brain and yeah. less so scary. I, like I said this spooks. like yeah. before. Like, there's nothing like it. Yeah. There's n- how often can you say that about a movie? That's really there's cool. been nothing created like this movie. Yeah, and Alan, movie lover of yeah. the universe, should see a thing that there's nothing else like. Yeah. I almost wish that I hadn't hadn't read about it prior to prior to watching because because yeah. it's kind of like um and this is not doing it any justice but comparing it to cabin in the woods which we thought was going to be uh, just this like hilarious like corny bad yep. like yeah. degrade movie which i was there for turned it turned on its like it just turns the horror genre on its the side of its head you know it's like it, it was that was a really that movie, movie is so good. And you're right. It wouldn't have been as fun if you kind of knew where it was knew heading. Was going. Yeah. Tell Alan that I'll hold his hand and he can put his head on my bosom. All right. If that'll make him feel better. I'll fill my new um, my new bag, oh my, my new vapor bag with Yay. wine and just he'll get through it that way. Even though this is not the um, After Dark series you or whatever. You can still trust me. Can I still put one? Yes. <laughs> okay, great. You I can put milk in there. I mean, no, whatever. I told you I don't drink milk. Oh, that's right. Okay. 
Um, should we jump to no comment? Yeah, this has been going on way too long, <laughs> but I'm loving Story it. I just feel bad for everyone. <laughs> um, so the hilarious world of depression is a podcast all about clinical depression. Hilarious. <laughs> um, no, it is. Yeah. Except it actually is. Yeah. yeah. Um, the guests are always comedians who have dealt with depression and past guests have included Maria Bamford, a podcast podcast favorite, and Richter, Paul F. Tompkins. Um, it may not sound like it, but they definitely treat, treat the subject with the levity that it deserves. It's just that it's through the lens of very funny people. The host is John Moe, who's a radio and podcast veteran. Um, this episode features Jen Kirkman. You know Jen Kirkman, right? Mm-hmm. I love her. Um, you probably know her from one of her stand-up specials or from Chelsea Lately. Um, she's super open about her depression, and she talks about when she first figured out that she had it. Her whole story is really interesting, sort of her realizing what depression was and what her depression was. Um, so definitely check out the entire episode. It's episode seven, Jen Kirkman, Bad Therapy, Good Therapy, and Nuclear Invasion is the title. In this clip, Jen is talking about the first time she tried Prozac. Here it is. And that was life-changing. How that so? That was, I remember I used to hate Christmas and I was walking through Boston's downtown crossing and it's like, you know, where you go, Macy's, Nordstrom, whatever, um, decorated to the nines like Christmas music playing everywhere. Everyone's happy. And I, every year I was just like, Bleh. and then she said the Prozac will kick in really in four to six weeks. And I just remember one day not minding the Christmas music and it was so extreme. It felt like I was dancing in the street, like Scrooge, like here's a Turkey, everybody. All I did was just not mind it. All I did was feel not bothered by every single fucking thing. You know, if you walk outside without an umbrella and it's raining and it's driving you nuts, that's how I felt every day, no matter what. Like, ev- like life was always just driving me nuts. It's like every second. And the Prozac really helped. And it, the way she described it, because back then it was very controversial and, oh, these people are just taking happy pills, but it stopped me from going way under. So I was under sea level and it brought me up to sea level. It didn't bring me above it. I was not happier than anyone else. I was just able to cope. So there it is. Again, it's the hilarious world of depression with Jen Kirkman. Go check that out. I know we're not supposed to say things, (laughs) but I have two quickies. I'm I'm allowing it. I love her voice. Uh I just like how it sounds. Yeah. And I am so interested. I love this podcast because I depression and comedy are so closely intertwined and Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone understands that and I didn't understand it until Robin Williams died Mm. and I think it's really really important and and fascinating and I'm glad we're talking about it yeah it's such a good premise and such a good lens for this conversation Mm -hmm. I really like it cool man wow I feel like we've been on a journey we really have gone we we tried hot sauce Yucatan is obsessed with us yeah I gave you something oh my god we we really have been through it oh I love you another good episode you guys don't forget if I uh, do say so like like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, love your podcast, tweet yeah. us. Most importantly, subscribe and rate us on Please iTunes. Please rate us on iTunes and send us uh, a podcast you're listening to, clips you want us to talk about on the show. Anything you want us to talk about, yeah. uh, we'll do it. And um, Tweet us at love your podcast. Or email loveyourpodcast at gmail.com. Amazing. Thanks, Thanks as always guys. to our mm-hmm. fearless, brilliant editor, Kara Hughes. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. See ya.